Today on This Week Health. What they missed was the day-to-day spontaneous brainstorming, whether it was over lunch, just sitting around at the table. Maybe they were having a meeting about one thing, and then all of a sudden they would take off on a tangent. But it it was face-to-face, and they said that dynamic is missing in this hybrid world. Welcome to This Week Health Community. Town Hall is our show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell. I'm creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. For five years now, we've been making podcasts that amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show partners for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to today's show. Welcome to This Week Health. I am Linda Yang, and it's my pleasure to have Terry Cox as my guest on today's Town Hall podcast. In 2005, Terry was recognized as a Pharma Voice 100 Most Inspiring People. And more recently, I've gotten to know Terry through our collaboration in the number one best-selling book, Women Who Dream. Welcome, Terry. Please introduce yourself. Thank you. Well, you started with a great introduction and I'll continue, but I've been a strategic communications consultant and I'm honored to say I've gotten a couple of awards and Pharma Voice is tied to some of the work I've been doing, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. But also, I'm a life strategist, international best-selling author along with you, and also a speaker. And I'm all about making a difference. Everything I've been about from the very beginning of my career. And I challenge the status quo. And the way I say it is I connect the golden dots to better solutions. I'm a change agent who also has experienced and evolved through a lot of loss and change. So that's, in sum, that's my life and that's my career. That's great. And you've done so much as an industry leader. Can you share some highlights of the work that you've done and some key projects that you've been engaged in? Sure. Well, you mentioned the Pharma Voice 100, and there's a reason why I was selected. And that 2005 was the first year that Pharma Voice created that honor. You're nominated by peers, so I was very honored. The reason why I got that was because Now, I had been getting my MBA in NYU in marketing, and I worked at Pfizer as a consultant, as an intern and a consultant. And my manager took me to a meeting. She says, I think you'll like this organization. And and it's the Healthcare Business Women's Association, which was a regional organization at that time. But I, I liked it, and I joined, and I got more involved. And for the first 25 years, it was regional. And Then I was on the board of directors. I started as the director of communications to help it grow. And then I got more and more involved. And then I I was president, president elect for two years because I had my parents and then my husband, there was illness. So I I actually was, I have the dubious distinction of having been the, the president elect for two years. But during that time, we also created the vision for the national organization for the Healthcare Business Women's Association. And we launched the first three chapters while I was president. And I'm happy to say, and that was during the first 25 years, and now it's 45 years, and it's now global. 
and in 71 countries. There are chapters and members in 71 countries. As a result of that, and also some projects, which I'll be talking about, I'll be a little more specific in a few minutes, but what I'm all about, I've had my firm since 1992, my consultancy, Cox Communications Partners, LLC, and it was with my husband who had passed away a number of years ago. But I position my clients for results. And what I do is I help them build win-win partnerships with nonprofit strategic partners, nonprofit organizations, and stakeholders that are aligned with their mission. And mostly since I'm working in the life sciences space with the patient community, the caregiver community, and others, the physician community, the scientific and medical community. And I love creating those win-win partnerships. That's probably one of the key reasons I was selected for the Pharma Voice 100 but also the main project I was working on, and I was the caregiver while I was getting my MBA at NYU, I was going back and forth to help my mom in Pittsburgh deal with my dad who had Alzheimer's. That went on for a number of years. And then when he passed, she developed congestive heart failure and I was doing the same for her. Three months after she passed away, my husband and partner in all things, Bill was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Now, when I worked for an agency in New York, I was on the team that ironically that created prostate cancer awareness month 11 years later he was diagnosed with it but it also gave me the background and connections to get him the care he needed but i was also blessed because a client company that i was working with and bill and i had created the strategic partnership cox communications partners which i continue to lead and i was able to create a training program in aligned with this one company that was just in clinical trials for a major breakthrough drug, which had been approved. It's well known, but it was in clinical trials for Alzheimer's. And since I really understood the challenges of Alzheimer's, my dad had it, but also the challenges of the caregiver, I was blessed to create a project for them. And this is a corporate project supporting their mission not a branded project, okay? And it was a training program to train volunteers to support the needs of caregivers of chronically ill older adults. The caregiver gets the short shrift. I mean, I was a caregiver for many years and my mother was, I watched what it did to her. They would say, how's your husband doing? They wouldn't say, how are you doing? They just take you for granted. You're just the caregiver. But the caregiver support was so critical. So. I was so excited because this company embraced the whole idea of it. So I worked with AARP, I recruited them, and this is what I'm talking about, these strategic partnerships. AARP, the National Council on the Aging, Alzheimer's Association, the National Family Caregivers Association, the National, uh, National Alliance for Caregiving, the Interfaith Caregivers Alliance, Towson University, Department of Gerontology, Nine organizations for four years, we worked on this project and it's an award-winning project. It got an award from the American Society on Aging as a benchmark project to support caregivers of, of older adults. And it's been used by over 13,000 organizations across the country. And it, for a number of years, it had its own website, caringtohelpothers.com. And it was all for free. You could download it, sections of it, and over 2.5 million people and organizations downloaded sections while it was 
up and running. It was available from about 2003. The hard copy came out in 2001. The website was up from about 2003 to 2018. So it's not available now. But the ripple effect has been tremendous because all of the partnering organizations and the company, they've continued to do projects supporting caregivers. And all of that information is now on their websites and it's been shared and it's been repurposed. So it's very exciting because it's made a difference for millions of people. And that's the project I'm probably most proud of. And I look forward to doing more of those kinds of projects. So right now I'm engaged in just for a moment, but I'm engaged as an advisor to the foundation. It's just started, but it's actually international. It's the Foundation for Innovation in Healthy Food. And what we're about is actually, you know, you can't always change habits in people so that they'll eat healthier and they'll exercise more. But what we're looking at is actually the ingredients in food, like healthier wheat, because there is an institution in the UK that has developed a better wheat. It has more fiber. So now there are a number of universities around the country testing it. And they're going to roll it out. And so the first project for the foundation is the Coalition for Grain Fiber. We're working across the food chain. And what we want to have happen is if it's proven to be easy to use across recipes and across manufacturers and everything, that a higher fiber wheat, I mean, wheat is the major staple in so many diets around the world, especially in countries that are not well off but they need better nutrition also, okay? And for emerging countries, and the fact is rice and wheat are staples. So if if a grain can have more fiber, it can also be better for digestion and for a lot of other reasons, looking at a healthier lifestyle and everything else. So that's, that's just the beginning, but that's what we're working on. And we're gonna be looking at other ingredients and natural ingredients in foods that can be manufactured with more benefit so that when even in processed foods, there will be more benefit to nutrition. So it's exciting. In 2023, we are celebrating five years at This Week Health, and we are working to give back and we will be partnering this year with Alex's lemonade stand all year long. As you know, having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. At Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation, they understand the personal side of the diagnosis, the resources needed, and the impact that funded research can have for better treatments and more cures. Today, Alex's Lemonade Stand is one of the leading funders of pediatric cancer research in the US and Canada funding more than a thousand research projects and providing programs to families affected by childhood cancer. You can get more information about them at alexslemonade.org. So how are we going to partner? Well, the leadership team and myself personally, we have put some money aside to really fund the start of this. Uh, But what we're looking for is partners, right? So we're going to ask our partner, our partners, our sponsors to be a part of this. We're going to ask you to be a part of this. And some of the ways that you can help contribute is we're going to have drives throughout the year. We're going to have follower drives, followers of the show, followers of our LinkedIn channel, Twitter channel, YouTube channel, you name it. We're going to have these drives. And as part of those drives, we're going to ask people to be a part of 
putting donations towards Alex's Lemonade Stand. There's going to be many opportunities this year, so keep an eye out all year long to see how you can support Alex's Lemonade Stand. You can find more information out on our website, thisweekhealth.com. You can also check out Alex's Lemonade Stand again at alexslemonade.org. And if you go to our website, their logo is going to be on our homepage on the top right-hand corner. We're celebrating our five-year anniversary, and we want to continue to give back to the community. So we welcome you to be a part of it and looking forward to seeing what we can do this year. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I then the work that you've done has been amazing. First with the caregiver project and program that definitely was worthy for the pharma voice recognition there. And you continue to do amazing work in this space. It sounds like with the Food Foundation and the wheat grain, there's so much innovation in that space right now. And I'm glad that you're a part of it because communication is critical in strategizing around how that program would operate. But back to Pharma Voice, I know that mm -hmm. you recently attended one of their summit. I believe it's their 2022 Pharma Voice Summit. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit more about what that the theme was and some of the topics that were discussed, as well as any insight that you can share with our audience? Yeah, the interesting thing about it was, what it was, was it was the award ceremony for the Pharma Voice 100 for this year, and they did it virtually and for a lot of reasons. And there were breakout sessions and I was invited. There was recognition by Pharma Voice of the fact that it started in 2005. There was an article about it. So I commented on it and I said, I was honored to be among the first to receive the recognition. And now it's very prestigious in the industry. So as a result, of course, I was invited to this session and there were a lot of leaders, both in pharma, traditional, larger pharma companies and biotech companies, and they attended some of the roundtables. And the theme that kept coming up, and it was all about innovation and leadership to the next level, and also kind of new leadership because of everything that's happening now in the world. And one of the themes that kept coming up in some of the breakout sessions was the challenge of the hybrid work environment and the challenge of communication being even more important now. And my ear is really perked up when I was listening to all of that because I said, yeah, I can understand that. And one of the things that they're looking for is continuous innovation, creativity, and ideas for the future. And what they miss because of COVID and the hybrid situation, when they're on a Zoom call, Zoom, thank goodness we have it as we're talking right now, it's a blessing. But what they miss, and this was coming from CEOs, top level, top level at the pharmaceutical companies, the biotech companies. And also there was one woman who was from one of the agencies at the end, she was a CEO. And that what they were talking about was what they missed was the day-to-day -day spontaneous brainstorming and innovative discussions they would have, whether it was over lunch, just sitting around at the table, maybe they were having a meeting about one thing and then all of a sudden they would take off on a tangent, but they'd come up with some great thinking. But it was face-to-face, -face and they said that dynamic is missing in this hybrid world. 
So I found that really interesting because that's something that really resonates with, I think, leaders in all industries these days. You know, communications and PR and advertising and that whole area was considered a soft skill. Now it's not so soft. It's soft, but it's also really critical. And it's critical also, and this is what they were talking about also, is how team players and people who know how to communicate, encourage each other, support each other, collaborate, as well as innovate. They were talking about collaboration and innovation. They're looking for more and more people that bring those kinds of attitude and skills to the table. Certainly. And I agree with that. I mean, it does make it more challenging in a virtual environment where teams could be scattered across the country as well as worldwide, right? And in order to enhance that collaboration, I'm sure it's a challenge. And we, as leaders, whether that be in the healthcare technology space or any industry, need to encourage that team collaboration in a way that's conducive for a virtual or hybrid environment. So what sort of ideas, right? What sort of suggestions or thoughts can you pass along? Well, first of all, what came up was there is no one right way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as a consultant, you have to look at the culture and what's right for one company may not be the right approach for another company because that's not how they operate and what their systems are about and also they were also talking, these CEOs were talking about how technology is critical in the pharma and biotech, the life sciences space more now than ever. Also in patient communications and patient tracking and all of that. So they praised it, but they said there has to be a merging of the human qualities and communications qualities along with the technology. So here are some thoughts I had. Okay, so in terms of encouraging others to participate and encouraging creativity and innovation, okay? One thing that's critical, and we all know about the importance of diversity, inclusion. Include everyone. Don't just have your favorite thinkers and ask them and everybody just sits there especially if you're in a Zoom conference where, you know, when you have two or three people that are always the ones talking, get everyone involved because that opens ideas. And you don't know if the quiet ones, their creativity is percolating. So give them the chance and also create the environment so that they feel safe sharing their ideas too. So that's that really certainly- great. Really critical. It's definitely critical, especially in the healthcare space, right? Because Mm -hmm. we would like individuals who are delivering the care to reflect opinions and also the thoughts of their patients, right? That's how we can engage patients who become more aware of the care Mm -hmm. that they're receiving, as well as being more satisfied and improving the outcomes of the care that's delivered. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's possible also because you don't know what people are going through. Some of the people on the team also may be caregivers or they may be involved in some way with their family and caregiving and they're stressed out. 
but they don't want to talk about personal things or they're, you know, so, but they also have an appreciation of what some of the needs and challenges might be. So that's another thing is encourage all of that. Now, in terms of generating and creating the environment for creativity and innovation, here are some thoughts. When you have a hybrid meeting with the hybrid meetings and you're on a Zoom call, usually it's like one person talking and everybody's, you know, and then the hands go up and then someone else is called on. So it's a talking head thing. Okay. It's not a spontaneous roundtable. If you have an agenda, deal with your agenda, but allow maybe part of like the last 15 or 20 minutes ask a couple of questions and give people some, like, here are some things that we'd like to talk about. We'd like your thinking about and start planting and percolating some idea and create ideas and creativity. Okay. During that kind of meeting. And then you'll say, we're going to discuss this in more detail when we all meet. And if they are meeting in a physical space, in an office space, or in a smaller space or whatever, then you can discuss it in more detail and share your ideas. It's like, we're just starting the discussion now, but let's continue the discussion when we have our next group meeting. And another idea, have creative retreats where you bring the teams together and you kind of collect, instead of having like a spontaneous discussion every other week or once a month or whatever, collect a list of the kinds of topics and challenges and issues that you really want to explore and have a retreat, whether it's one day, whether it could be at a location, at a resort, or at a conference center where you have maybe a day or two days to connect with each other and focus on creative, innovative thinking around those issues and challenges that you're facing. Maybe do it quarterly six times a year, four times a year, twice a year, whatever works for the particular company. But I think that creative retreats are amazing and what you get out of it. And that just gets things going. And then everybody feels refreshed. And also your team is focused on being creative and focused on the discussion. And it's not just part of an agenda of 10 items you know, a regular meeting and everybody is focused on all the minutia and all the details of your daily tasks and your priorities. But when you have a retreat, you're actually focusing on those issues and those questions and those challenges. Nothing else is disturbing or interrupting. Mm -hmm. And so that gives you, you get real quality time. So I think that that's another, and it's also kind of a recognition for those that are involved and they feel special because they're included in something, a special kind of retreat rather than just another meeting. All right. We're doing webinars a little different this year. As we have told you, got a lot of feedback from the community about what works, what doesn't work. We talked to our advisors, our CIO, CMIO advisors, and they said, Hey, look, community generated topics, great contributors, not product focused. They want the questions ahead of time so that they can incorporate them into their answers. And they want a forum that is honest and open. And what we decided was once and done. If you're at the webinar, you get to hear the content. If not, it's not on demand. You don't get to download it later. We're going to do it on a consistent date and time. And our next one coming up is February 2nd. It is priorities for 2023. And this one is around academic medical centers. And we have some great leaders who are going to come in and discuss the priorities for 2023. We already have Donna Roach lined up. We have 
Dr. Michael Pfeffer with Stanford lined up. We're going to continue to just bring great content, community-generated topics, and keep the, the discussion going. If you have feedback, love to hear it. And if there is any questions you have, go ahead and fill out the registration form and you have a space there to give us your questions at a time. We want to make sure that we cover the topics that are of interest to you. Website, top right-hand corner, sign up today. Love to see you there. Now, those are great suggestions, right? And it reminds me of things that we are, or at least things in my experience that I've already done. It sounds like these retreats, they sound like team building events, right? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But maybe we need to have more intention into stressing that it's a creative, innovative mm -hmm. type of event where mm -hmm. we encourage creativity, innovation, and feedback. Right. Mm -hmm. And then to your first point, asking those questions to get the, their brains percolating on ideas. Right. In my experience, it's sending out agendas. Right. Mm -hmm. But this time, maybe we can look at it in a different perspective and start asking questions, mm -hmm. more intentional questions on how to ignite those ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right. actually engage, absolutely engage the group, the team in collectively. How can we do this better? Right. And get everybody right. thinking. Absolutely. That's the more you can do that. Also, here's another one. Mm -hmm. Create an incentive program so that the team can get awards at the end of the year, like around the holidays. You get an awards for the best innovations, the best innovative ideas or something like that. And that gets everybody really, really juiced up to do some really exciting thinking because it's a friendly competition, though. So that, and there can be like tiers of awards or whatever. It doesn't have to be complicated, but maybe three levels or something like that. So that there's a chance for quite a number of people to get recognition. But yes, yeah, that's something like that. up, And also engage the team in creating the award strategy as well. So to see what would be meaningful for you. Do you get a couple of extra days off or is it something where you get tickets for an event or something like that? Whatever it is that is meaningful it's an incentive that stimulates some um, excitement and fun, as well as uh, the creativity and the innovative thinking. So put that all together, got a good package. Oh, certainly. And I love those suggestions and those ideas, right? And encourage everyone, the whole team to be involved in planning what that looks like, and then actually executing and get everyone involved on that. And winning prizes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Terry, is there anything else you wanted to add before we end our conversation? Well, I think that I've covered a lot of it, but I'd love it if anybody wants to get in touch with me. I'm at, at Cox Communications Partners, LLC, but I can be reached through LinkedIn. My profile is Terry P. Cox, MBA at, on LinkedIn and also I have a website. It's actually, oh, we, what we haven't talked about, we haven't talked about is I co-authored a book with Jack Canfield called The Recipe for Success. And then you and I, we co-authored with 27 amazing women, women who dream. And that's another, we can do another, even do another podcast on that. And what that means to inspire women to dream no matter what you're going through. And I mean, I've gone through a lot of changes and losses and I'm evolving and I'm reinventing and I'm rebranding so that I'm focusing more on Terry Peacock's MBA. And I have a landing page, which will be my website, which is terrypeacocksmba.com. And that's where 
people can find me and learn about Women Who Dream. And your chapter was very inspiring and everybody's chapter. I mean, it's like you can't not be inspired and encouraged to overcome whatever challenges you have and dream your best dream. Certainly. That's what I wanted to add. And I just want to say, and I also can be reached at Terry at TerryPeacocksMBA.com. Somebody wants to send me an email. So I'd love to hear from you. But we really, I mean, we connected because of women who dream and uh, the dream just continues. And I'm looking back on quite a number of decades. I'm starting a new decade and whether it's a new life chapter It's a new year. We're ending, we're rapidly getting to the holidays and we're going to be starting a new year is like, it's always new. Every day is new. So think about things in the most positive, inspirational way you can. Life is what a journey life is. But I think that the space that we're in, in terms of healthcare and technology is a critical space, but there's so much more that can be done to make things even better for Mm -hmm. the patient community, for the caregiver community, make systems easier and communications more fluid and comfortable. That's, I think, that's our challenge given Mm -hmm. where we are. I don't think COVID's going to go away anytime soon. I think the hybrid situation is going to be with us for a while. I don't think everybody's rushing back to the office to be there full time these days, but I'm hopeful about all of these challenges that we can continue to dream and just keep making things better. Right. Just keep making things better. Right, right. Well, in healthcare, patients are the most important and Absolutely. technology drives that delivery. So good communication for the people who's delivering that care is certainly critical in providing great patient outcome. So thank you for your time, Terry. I appreciate your insight into how we can really have better communications, whether that be in a face-to-face environment at work or a virtual environment, uh, team collaboration. Yeah. Thank you. It's been, I just love the discussion. I'm really excited about it. I think something more is that positive is going to come out of it too. That's certainly (laughs) great. All right. Well, Terry, thank you for your time. You have a great afternoon. Thank you. It's been wonderful being here. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I really love this show. I love hearing from the people and the leaders on the front lines. We want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. If you want to support This Week Health, let someone know about our channels. We have three, This Week Health Conference, This Week Health Newsroom, and finally, the channel that you just listened to, This Week Health Community. Check them out today. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify. You get the picture. We are everywhere. And you can also subscribe to our ongoing newsletter. It's at thisweekhealth.com. Go ahead and subscribe today. We also want to thank our show partners for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.